0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the CDC, vaccines have prevented countless cases of disease and have saved millions of lives. People need different vaccinations depending on their age, location, lifestyle, and health conditions. Our expert today on vaccine-preventable diseases in older adults is Dr. William Schaffner. Dr. Schaffner is the medical director of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases and a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Schaffner. To start, can you give us an overview of the recommended vaccines for adults age 50 years or older?
1: Vaccines are not just for children anymore. And over the years, a number of vaccines have been developed and now recommended for the adult population, and particularly the middle-aged and older population age 50 and older. So let's do a quick rundown of those. And the first I always start with is influenza. It's easy. It's straightforward. Everybody should get influenza vaccine. That's the CDC's annual recommendation. And of course, that applies to everyone, everyone age 50 and older. For people age 65 and older, there are actually two uh, specially formulated and licensed vaccine a high dose vaccine and an adjuvanted vaccine, both of them are about 20, 25% better in preventing influenza in the older population, age 65 and older, and yes, Medicare will pay for it. So that's something to keep in mind. And just to emphasize this, People age 50 and older begin to accumulate chronic underlying illnesses of one kind or another. We know that: heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, and the like. And all the more important to make sure we vaccinate absolutely everyone in that in in that age group, because clearly influenza has its worst effect; it has its greatest morbidity, it's going to put more people in the hospital and I'm afraid will kill more people uh, of that age group. And the older you are, the greater your risk is. So let's vaccinate everybody against flu. And while we're talking about respiratory infections, we have to mention pneumococcal vaccine or pneumococcal vaccines. Uh, The first one that we'll talk about is the conjugate vaccine. PCV13, uh, Prevnar 13, that's the vaccine that should be given to everyone age 65 and older. And according to the current recommendations, uh, there are certain people with underlying illnesses and who are immunocompromised who also a year later should get the pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine. There are complicated recommendations for people who are younger than age 65, I refer you to the nfid.org website or to the CDC website to give you those details. So what's next? Shingles vaccine. Shingles vaccine is now recommended for every person, every person age 50 and older, who's not immunocompromised recommendations for immunocompromised people are coming. They're not here yet. But for everyone else, they should get the second-generation shingles vaccine, that two-dose recombinant vaccine. Very important to get that. Now, uh, a little bit about uh, uh, compensation under Medicare. Uh, Virtually all private insurance companies We'll cover shingles vaccine age 50 to 65, but after age 65, it's not first dollar coverage. It's covered under part D. And that's of course the prescription drug benefit. And not every patient has that. And under certain uh, part D plans, uh, the patients have to lay out money in advance, et cetera, et cetera. gets more complicated. So Vaccinate everybody before they get to age 65. It'll be covered for the patient and there will be compensation for the practitioner. The next vaccine I would like to uh, mention is the successor to simple TD, tetanus diphtheria. It's now tetanus diphtheria acellular pertussis, whooping cough. The, va- the standard vaccine we should be using. For our 10 year uh, boosters, is TDAP, tetanus diphtheria, acellular pertussis. Every patient, every 10 years. We'll then mention also hepatitis B vaccine. We all know that that's recommended for people in certain risk groups, healthcare providers, people who use IV drugs. uh, And uh, you can also acquire this. Uh, infection through sexual transmission. Now, what most practitioners don't recognize, uh, it hasn't been uh, presented as intensely as I would like, is the recommendation from the CDC that everyone who is diabetic should receive a course of hepatitis B vaccination uh, as soon as the diagnosis is made. That's a lot of people in the United States who have not yet been vaccinated. Um, Over age 60, it's physician's option. I would encourage you to do that because there've been outbreaks of hepatitis B associated with blood glucose monitoring in populations and we'd sure like to avoid that. So think about hepatitis B vaccine for people age 50 and older, particularly if they have Uh, diabetes. And then the last vaccine I'll mention, of course, is COVID vaccine. And uh, we all know that gradually as the priorities work down the age range, we will be trying to give COVID vaccine to everybody age uh, 50 and older.
0: That was a thorough list. We appreciate that. You had mentioned shingles. What are the major complications of herpes zoster?
1: Oh, so good you ask. Uh, I would mention two. Uh, First, with acute shingles, most shingles outbreaks occur on the thorax or on the back, right on the body, but it can occur on the face. And if it involves the face, it can threaten vision. And that's very, very ominous. In addition to the pain and the disfigurement, It's the threatening of the vision that's important in the eye that can be affected. And then, of course, there's post-herpetic neuralgia, post-shingles pain, which can be the bane of many people's existence. It can go on for months. It can be life-changing. It can distress some people to the point, and I do not exaggerate, they consider ending their life please vaccinate everybody 50 years of age and older who's not immunocompromised with the shingles vaccine it's an extraordinarily effective vaccine over 90% effective even in people of advanced age and if you're lucky enough to reach age 80 somewhere between a third and the half of the entire population will experience at least one episode of shingles. If you've ever known anybody with shingles, you don't want to have it, and you don't want any of your patients to have it.
0: In your list before, you mentioned pneumococcal disease. Pneumococcal disease is another vaccine-preventable illness that's common among older adults. We recorded a podcast with you about the ACIP's recommendation for pneumococcal vaccination last year. How have those updated recommendations affected the pneumococcal vaccination rate in the United States?
1: People are, uh, they they like age-based vac- vaccinations, uh, recommendations. And uh, I think physicians are doing a reasonable but not perfect job in vaccinating people age 65 and older. And I think we're up to about 65 to 70 percent of people of that age range, 65 and older, who are now vaccinated uh, with at least one of the two usually conjugate uh, pneumococcal vaccine. We don't do nearly as well with the risk-based recommendations uh, of patients younger than age 65. Uh, there may be a little light at the end of the tunnel. There are two new pneumococcal vaccines that are in the later stages of getting licensed. So we may hear more about them. And we're certainly will hear about new recommendations from the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices of the CDC. They're not here yet. But stay tuned. During the next couple of years, I'm sure the pneumococcal vaccination recommendations will be updated.
0: Again, you mentioned COVID-19 vaccines in older adults. Could you elaborate for us a little more on that? Are there any contraindications?
1: Well, the great thing about the COVID vaccines is uh, at least the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines that are currently licensed is that uh, they're remarkably safe and they're remarkably effective, 95% even in older persons. And so there are no explicit exceptions to that. Now, obviously, if your patient is immunocompromised, they may not achieve the 95% protection rate that everybody else does. But that's, we understand, that's true of everybody who's immunocompromised. We'll take what we can get, right? So we'll vaccinate those folks anyway. The one group that we are, where, where we have a yellow caution light, is for people who previously have had a serious allergic reaction to any medication or any substance, any vaccine. And by serious, I mean anaphylaxis or any reaction that involves difficulty breathing because we know both of these vaccines have a very low rate. It's about five per million doses of these serious anaphylactic reactions. Those persons, you should have a discussion with them, counsel with them. They are eligible for the vaccine. When they receive it, they will be watched for a half hour instead of the standard 15 minutes to make sure that they don't have a reaction. And frankly, if I were they, I would take my EpiPen along to the vaccination site, and I would prefer to get vaccinated at a location that's close to sophisticated medical care. If I were one of these people, I wouldn't do it in a drive-through vaccination site. I would do it where medical care is ready to hand. I I, I hasten to add that everyone who's had one of these serious reactions has done well after they have received uh, appropriate medical care. We just wanna be cautious with those folks.
0: What else, Dr. Schaffner, do you believe that healthcare providers should know about vaccinations for older adults?
1: We have important means of preventing illnesses in older adults through vaccination. It takes a little study, it takes a little acquaintance, but we do a great service to our patients if we vaccinate them with the array of vaccines for which they are eligible. We, as internists, are not the professional vaccinators that our friends, the pediatricians and the family docs, are because they take care of kids. But I will tell you, looking to the future, here we are in the 21st century. More vaccines directed at specific subpopulations of adults are at various stages in the research pipeline. We are well advised to acquaint ourselves uh, with the current vaccines become vaccinators, and do provide that great preventive benefit to our patients.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Schaffner, for speaking with us. I really enjoyed hearing your perspective, and I learned a lot too.
1: Ah, My pleasure. Well, as I always like to say, disease bad, vaccines good, vaccines never prevented disease, but vaccination does. Let's do it.